Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and for many years I did live radio. Then I transitioned to the podcast world where I feel I found my home. I love talking about spiritual formation, justice issues, and spiritual practices. Throw in the Enneagram, movies, and current events from time to time, and that's what you get on the podcast. I'm glad you've come along for the ride. Welcome to Faith Conversations. Welcome to Faith Conversations, everyone. I've been looking forward to today's podcast for a long time. Um, Christine Sign is with me on the podcast, and I've been um, looking forward to meeting her and hearing her lovely accent, but also talking about the, the topic that is contained in her book, The Gift of Wonder, Creative Practices for Delighting in God. And if you've listened to Faith Conversations for any period of time at all, then you know that sometimes we talk about um, practices, spiritual practices here on the podcast, um, or certainly, um, you know, touch on that with some regularity. Uh, so let me introduce you to Christine. I'm just going to say a few things, and um, and then we'll see if Christine has anything to add that I missed. Um, Christine Sign is the founder and facilitator for Godspace, an online community, and we're going to talk with her about that for a moment before we get into the content of her book. Uh, she and her husband are co-founders of Mustard Seed Associates um, out in the Seattle area, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Christine trained as a physician in Australia. Um, she practiced in New Zealand. And some of you might be familiar with Mercy Ships. Um, she developed and directed the healthcare ministry for Mercy Ships for, I'm not sure how long, but I think for a while. Um, the book, yeah, how long? 12 years. 12 years. Yes, that is a while. So, well, let's dive in. Welcome to Faith Conversations, Christine. Well, thank you. It's a joy to be with you this morning, Anita. Well, I know you've written more than just the gift of wonder, but that's where our focus is going to be today. But let's start for just a, a few minutes um, having you talk about Godspace. I'm a subscriber to Godspace. I have gotten a good friend of mine, Lori, subscribing, um, who's a pastor, also subscribing to Godspace. And I know she's benefited uh, from it as well. So tell folks, if they're hearing about Godspace, um, this online community, if they're hearing of it for the first time, what is it? Well, it's both a blog and a resource center. Uh, we do actually, I, ha <clears throat> I have a number of people that post on the blog. I post every Monday. A good friend posts every Friday. And then on the other days of the week, we have people literally from all over the world that post, which I think is part of the both uniqueness and delight of God's space, because it means we get different perspectives. And I love that. And as well as that, we've got a developing um, resource center where we have resources for the different uh, seasons of the church year. We have resources on um, creativity. We have resources on Celtic spirituality, which has been something that I've been very uh, impacted by. And we have resources on um, just other forms of spirituality as well, uh, Christian spirituality specifically, but, you know, we're kind of broadening that, just trying to help people gain the resources they need for their, their own spiritual practices 
as well as, you know, churches. We have a lot of churches that subscribe. Um, and we put up a lot of liturgies. We put up a lot of prayers. Uh, and people really appreciate those, of course. Um, I know I have taken advantage of the resources available there at Godspace on many occasions. Really love what you have to offer on, as you just said, on multiple levels. It's quite layered. It is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, godspace.com, right? Uh, Godspacelight.com. Thank you. Godspacelight.com. I will have a link in the show notes just so, and you, <coughs> excuse me just so anyone out jogging or walking and not near a place to write things down will know. So you can go back and find all of the information we talk about today in the show notes. <coughs> Excuse me, I'll <clears throat> edit that out. Well, uh, we'll move on from God's space, but I really wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about that because I think it's a, a tremendous resource uh, and encouragement and just it's a good space for folks to to be so i hope many subscribe uh, as well so let's get into the gift of wonder creative practices for delighting in god there's always a story when someone writes a book i mean it doesn't you know just come out of the blue like ah, i think i'm going to write on this no there's usually some kind of uh, of interest that starts developing and and percolating so What's this, the backstory to you writing The Gift of Wonder? Well, I've always been interested in creative practices. I'm not the kind of person that can just sit there and pray and do nothing. And so I've always liked to have something that I can do at the same time. So, you know, I've started to kind of think about what that could be like. And so when I got to wanting to write uh, this book, I wanted to write something on creative practices. And just focusing on creative practices, I didn't feel was enough. And then I was reading, you know, in Matthew, where uh, it talks about Jesus saying, unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom. And in one of the translations, it says, unless you have the wide-eyed wonder oh, of a child, you cannot that. enter the kingdom, I think. Wow. <laughs> I, I love that. And I, I just wanted to interject that as I was reading in your book, you said something that so resonated with me um, because it was how I grew up. I grew up very seriously minded. It was, you know, everything about God was serious and there was nothing relating to play. And that's something in my adult years that I've really had to work on and, and you said that about your own life, and then oh, you came yeah. across that passage. <laughs> very, very serious, you know, and I'd never really looked at that passage in this way. And then I posted on Facebook, what do you think of the childlike characteristics that we need to enter the kingdom? Oh, it was great. I've never had so much response on a question. <laughs> and so it. I sifted through the answers, and I, I chose the 12 that I thought needed you know to be be looked at and that became the basis for the gift of wonder and of course two particular things that stood out in every aspect of what we were talking about play and wonder um so important both of them and i've had so much fun you know looking at that and watching the responses that people have to this as well i, I love that so much i have a bracelet that i 
used to wear daily. I, I don't wear it as much now, but maybe it's because I've, I'm learning to play, but the bracelet says, remember to play. Ooh. And I wore it for years because I really needed to read that every day. Uh -huh. uh, so I, I love um, that you, you're addressing, you know, 12 uh, different characteristics that we need to embrace. And we are certainly not going to get to all of them. We're going to touch on some, but, but zip through what those characteristics are for us. I think it would well, be helpful for people to know what they yeah. can read about. We've got play, of course, that's important. We've got, uh, as I said, awe and wonder. We've got the gift of curiosity. You know, I mean, kids are really curious, <laughs> yep. aren't they? Yes. And then I've got what I call, remember we are earthlings, because kids are so love being outside in nature. You know, I think that's one of the wonderful characteristics of kids. Um, I've got, <laughs> this is probably not necessarily uh, what kids love to do, but I've got, got rest down, you know, because I think more than rest, I've got, you know, kids love to live in the present moment. Yes. Um, and so, you know, that's why I've kind of, I've got that down. Imagination, mm. uh, reminiscing. Because, you know, nothing delights a kid more than to have you share the story of the first time you met them, particularly if you've known them all their lives. Um, I mean, even when we're adults, we enjoy that. But it's not something we do very often. But, you know, you think of it, God says so often in the Bible, remember, remember, you know, remember the stories, compassion, mm. hospitality. Um, you know, some kids are so compassionate that it's hard to pull them away from the needs. You know, they'd give everything, of course. Hospitality, kids welcome anybody. In fact, to the extent that some parents worry <laughs> about how hospitable people, uh, kids are, their kids are, you know, to any stranger that walks past. Um, and then I've got the intrigue of looking with fresh eyes. You know, huh. kids help us to look at everything with fresh eyes because that's something that they do um you know they they look at well everything in a way that that we never think of uh and we can learn so much i think by a childlike approach to life and of course play i left out play that time um playfulness you know of course is one of them and I think that's kind of at the top of the list and awe and wonder as I said they're the two that for me that are, are at the top of the list uh and and to be honest that I've I've become more and more convinced about the importance of since I wrote the book um the importance of play and the importance of awe and wonder in fact a practice that uh I established as a result of writing the book, actually, is what I call daily awe and wonder walks. Uh -huh. I've got a number of friends that establish similar kinds of walks. Um, and sometimes we'll have different focus on this, but it's just been fun. And it's been for many of us, a very important tool for helping us uh, through the last couple of years as well. Oh, yes. Yes you know, thinking of the pandemic. Absolutely. I, I was thinking that, um, 
Christine, I would I would go on walks, but always very purposeful. I would have a podcast playing in my ears or whatever. Exactly. And that's and, the way most people walk these days. Oh, I know. But you know what happened last summer? I, I had a fall and I cracked my skull and I had all kinds of other stuff happen and I had to relearn to walk. And then I started walking without because I needed to focus initially. Now I, I'm fine now, but um, I was not listening to anything and I found myself stopping and taking these really nice close-up photos of flowers um, or of all uh-huh. kinds of things. And I started noticing. And of course, what came with that was just awe and wonder mm-hmm. about the world in which I was walking because I was not distracted listening uh-huh. to something in my ears. Well, I remember one woman uh, I talked to uh, after she'd read the book and she said, you know, I used to hate walking. She said I had to walk because of my heart condition. But she said when I developed this approach of awe and wonder walks, she said it transformed the way that I walked. Yep. Uh, and I thought how delightful that is, you know, and I think, yeah, maybe heart specialists needs to need to know that they need to give a, a purpose beyond walking yes. to their, their patients. I love that. And uh, that's, that's how I felt because I, I was a bike rider and I didn't, and really I would ride my bike and listen. And mm-hmm. I, I thought, really, I've got to walk now. I can't get on the bike. I was too unstable. And and I, you know what? I've never gone back to the bike. I've continued walking because I have loved the awe and wonder walks. I hadn't put that name to it yet until reading in your book, but I love that so much. Yeah. Um, I, so let's, let's dive into a few of your favorites. And, um, and, and cause I think one of the things that would be really helpful also, Christine, is to hear how you not only de- develop some of these um, particular characteristics that we need to embrace, but what spiritual pr- or creative practices, what creative uh-huh. practices you have um, connected to them. And I, I just think that would be helpful for people to get a feel of how um, not just the characteristic goes, but also the practice that can kind of help underline that. Well, and I, I should say that there is a practice at the end of each chapter in the book as and well. I, I as love that throughout the book you know and and yes and that's been I've had people that say they found it a little overwhelming because there are so many that they didn't know which ones to choose but if they just use the one at the end of the chapter um or others that have so delighted in it that they wanted to try absolutely everything and I've had some groups that have gone through and have tried virtually every practice that they've come across um in here, which, which I think is wonderful. Oh, it is. Well, and you know what, I think trying them too, you get a feel for if it's a practice that really connects with you and and you can discern whether to set a practice aside and stick with another one. And, you know, so I think it's, um, really helpful to try a lot of them too. Uh Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, and, you know, play, I, I love, uh, a specialist, uh, in, in play therapy says nothing lights up the brain like pray, play. Huh. And he believes that play is as important as oxygen for our survival. Huh. And I think, wow, no wonder we're just existing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's what I'm thinking. 
<laughs> and because he thinks that play is God's greatest gift to humankind. Um, Why do we struggle with it so much? Why do we struggle to embrace play as adults? I, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, what he says is that it helps us to form friendships. Okay. Uh, it helps us to um, learn skills. Uh, it's a release valve for stress and yeah. outlet for creativity. But I think that part of the reason, and you think, yeah, what don't we have much of in our world today? We don't have a great deal of friendships. Uh, you know, we don't have necessarily good ways of releasing stress. And, you know, a lot of us, <clears throat> and I, I must, and I hope I don't tread on any st uh, toes by saying this, but particularly in the church and in spiritual practices, we're discouraged from being creative. Mm. And I think this is one of the reasons, you know, that sometimes we step away from play. Uh, you know, as you said, I mean, we see God as being very serious. And so play as part of our spiritual practice, kind of, it just doesn't seem to fit. Mm -hmm. And I think that as I started to embrace more of play and the, the playful side of God, um, that it drew me closer to God. It didn't take me further away from God. You know, it was another dimension of who God is and what, you know, God wouldn't have created us to love play if we weren't meant to play. And I think wouldn't have created us like that if this wasn't part of who God is as well. Well, so. I, I sit there and I go, God had a playful side or there would not be a giraffe <laughs> or an elephant or, you know, you start looking at the animals of the earth. Uh -huh. And there are some amazing and crazy looking ones that are just fun to watch. And, um, and yeah, I just remember looking at some animals that, um, or even I was just watching a, a, a television program about animals and the, the, the colorful face of the baboon, uh -huh. the you know, oh, and, and the gorgeous tropical birds, the colors, and, and you do, you stop and think, wow okay, there's creativity here. Um, you know, creativity. Yes. unbelievable. And, um, and infinite, I think infinite, yes, infinite. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. So I think we just have to think a little bit deeper, maybe. Um, because I think most of us have attributed to God, um, nothing but seriousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I call the chapter on play Unleashing Your Inner Child. And I remember asking a friend of mine, you know, what she what she thought was the best way uh, to unleash your inner child. And she said, read some children's books. Oh, you know, yes. it's something simple. <laughs> Agree. Yes. It's been delightful. It's given me permission over the last several years to start collecting children's books. You know, I've collected some of the classics from my childhood, yes. and then I've also collected new ones, and particularly for Christmas, yes. I like to uh, collect a new children's uh, Christmas book. Nice. It's been a fun project uh, and something that's, again, it's increased my delight in God and increased my delight in my worship of God in so many ways. Um, I love that. Uh, I have a friend who collects children's books and 
she kind of got me going on that a couple of years ago. And, um, and it's, what was interesting to me was the, the, the emotion that, that rose up in me as I read these books that was not necessarily present as I was reading, um, other kinds of books, more, um, adult nonfiction. And, and I, I thought, it brought me closer. What this is how I would describe it. it. Brought me closer to my true self, to who God created me to be. Exactly. As I was reading these children's books. Yeah, it's amazing how it will open you up, not just to play, but to other aspects of who you are and who God is as well. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's uh, so, so tell about what what practice, uh, what creative practices at the end of of this particular chapter that you're talking about? Uh, actually, well, it is reading a children's book. Oh, of course. Well, doesn't that make sense? Yes. Yep. People, yes. And, you know, I suggest too to, to have some friends over uh, and to share it with them. You know, I think this is a, a way to go. And one of the things you might like to look at, of course, is a children's um, version of a Bible, you know. Yes. Now, recently, one of my friends has, has written one which is absolutely delightful called I Wonder. Uh, and, and I've really enjoyed reading that. And um, who is who wrote that? Glennis Nelst. Oh, Glennis. Okay. Yep. Oh, and that nice. is absolutely delightful. And that's a great one to start with if you feel as though you can't go into just a you know an ordinary kind of children's book <laughs> though I think you know, to me um I think a place to start is going back to what was your favorite children's book when you were a child um and pulling that out or finding a copy of it yes. is a great way to start absolutely well, maybe it's time to take a trip to the kids section of the library folks <laughs> Exactly. You know, yeah. or bookstore. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a wonderful way to do it. So, so that's one. The second one might be surprising. There's one on reminiscing. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Firstly, What's the name of that chapter? Uh, let me. Isn't it funny? You'd think I'd be able to um, remember uh, no. <laughs> all of them. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I know I'm looking to, um, I think it's let your life speak. Okay. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to look, I wanted to follow along. Here with you, since I've, I've, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's let your life speak. All right. Which I will say there's something of, uh, a very favorite, um, few sentences in that chapter that I underlined. So I'll tell you about that after you get into it. Okay. Yeah. Let your life speak. <laughs> okay. Um, the whole thing um, of reminiscing is incredibly important for us. And it can be fun. You know, one of the, um, in a way, great opportunities that I have is to go back to Australia recently and get together with my, my, my family. Nice. And of course, we often spend time reminiscing. And this has been such a delight for me. And um, the time, the first time I went back after I'd written uh, the book, um, my brother took me on a trip around the places that we'd grown up. Oh, fun. Uh, 
And we got to the beach <laughs> that I learned to swim at and we used to have lots of fun at. And I said to him, I want to walk down to the water in my bare feet. And he kind of looks at me strangely. <laughs> he's very kind of, he's not the kind of person to walk around in bare feet. <laughs> so, uh, but as I took off my shoes, he said, you know, I'm going to go with you. And he did. He took off his shoes and we walked down together and we talked about some of the things we used to do as kids on that beach. And it was energizing for both of us. It was delightful for both of us. And I think it created a deeper bond for both of us as well. It was beautiful, you know. And I think we miss out on the power of reminiscing in our lives if we don't do it on a regular basis. Um, Well, and you you even recall. uh, um, you even talked about it in terms of restorative practices uh, in this chapter and how they can anchor our faith journey. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if we look back on our faith um, journey as well and think particularly, you know, what were the transformative moments in our faith journey? Um, and, and what does that say about now? I mean, that's a tremendously important kind of a practice that most of us rarely do you know I mean getting together with people that knew you you, when you were younger is I mean again one of my delights is getting together that with the people that I was on the ship with Mm. and sharing stories because we were there at the very beginning yes we were there during very hard times yes uh, and yet times in which we saw God uh in remarkable ways and sharing those stories can be a tremendous lift to us. And again, that. a tremendous bonding experience for us as well. Um, well, can I, I have to say, this is, this is a place in the book where I underlined several sentences. Uh-huh. And it's not going to be what you anticipate, I don't imagine. <laughs> but you said, you said, you know, daily time with God is important for me. But as I looked back over my faith journey to identify my anchoring restorative practices, it wasn't what came to mind. (laughs) It was making my much loved morning cup of tea. That is my anchor, (laughs) my unchanging anchor. And oh, my husband knows this and maybe even winces now and then (laughs) Uh, when, when we're away from home and I want to make that cup of tea, he knows he's in for making sure somebody has really hot water and all that. And I, I, you know, I've got to steep it for seven minutes. I've got Uh my favorite uh kind. And I love that you travel with a small electric kettle. I didn't know there were small ones because I'm going to get one and travel (laughs) with it. There are. Yeah, they're great. And yeah, um, and those things, and it isn't always, you know, I mean, I think we kind of get this holy kind of feeling about what spiritual practices are. But when we think of the anchoring practices for our lives, it's not always, you know, reading the Bible. But it is. And and I do share, of course, that, you know, I I travel with a little uh, book that has several that kind of has daily, uh, well, a week of devotions in it, basically. And when I get to the airport and settle down, (laughs) I like to read one of those. And that's been another anchoring Mm. kind of thing when I travel. Uh, But yes, very definitely that morning cup of tea. It's the thing that has anchored me through all of my life, I would say, Mm. in a wonderful way. 
I love that. Oh, it just kind of gave me permission. It was like, yes, that makes so much sense. <laughs> and that is what I, who I am. And, oh, I really love that. So that got a big underline for me in, good, in the book. Good. <laughs> so at the end of that chapter, you know, you, you have as the practice, listen to your life, which is reminiscing and reflecting yes. um, on, you know, what God enjoys about who we are and what we do. And, I love your, your admonition to sit in, in your favorite chair and relax and take some deep breaths in and out, close your eyes and visualize the God who delighted to lovingly craft you in your mother's womb and nurture you. And I, I just, you know, I'm just reading a, a very small paragraph of, of that practice. You go on to talk about how to reflect reflecting on the story of recounting the story of your birth, your first year of life. I, you know, I just think that these are, this is a powerful practice. And I think the practice that all of them that you've put in the book are so creative and have the potential to really be transformative. Mm -hmm. Well, they do. And, and let me say, some people would say, oh, I couldn't do that. I had an awful childhood. Um, now, let me say, my childhood was not easy. You know, I was uh, a premature child, <laughs> premature baby. So I spent the first two months of life wow. in hospital. Not an easy kind of thing, you know, to adjust to, even over, you know, the whole of life. Uh, and then my father was abusive, you know, physically abusive. Um, and so that was always in the background of my growing up years. But as I've looked back, you know, because and, and unfortunately, as adults, it's often these negative things that rise to the surface. But I think, you know, if we are willing to go through that sometimes challenging situation uh, of looking back and getting beyond those things, it's amazing what things we find to delight in, in our childhood for all of us, you know, and, and it is um for me, I remember one time sitting and thinking about that time of being in my um, in, in in the hospital mm -hmm. when I was born, and the feeling of God holding me close. Mm. Wow, it was powerful and it was healing and it was transformative. And I think you know if we kind of stand away from it because we say I can only remember bad things. Um, we won't, we won't learn to recognize who God is and was and still is in the midst of those things. Um, so it's, it's something yeah. and we need to keep doing it, I think, uh, because God will continue to, you know, kind of peel away layers of what was there. Uh, and often, you know, the beautiful nuggets of what is there a hidden below some of the storm clouds. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what, what a good way of putting that. Thank you. And thanks for sharing that piece of your story too. Um, I, I think we're often um, sometimes for good reasons, but, but sometimes just because maybe we feel a little uncomfortable, we are quick to push back. And so I love that you've offer this and that we can read about it and kind of get used to uh, pulling out the creative expression. Um, we, we really have lost 
touch, I think, and, and I'll hear what you have to say about this with, with our, the use of our imaginations. Oh, definitely. I've got a whole chapter on imagination because that is another area, you know, where kids, of course, have it all over us. Yes. Um, you know, they're so imaginative. And then, of course, they're told they've got to live in the real world. <laughs> And this is something they've got to put behind them kind of thing. We, and, we really try and shake it out of them, don't oh, we? We don't. Yes. Oh. oh, we do. We do. You know, the same with curiosity. There comes a point where we kind of tell them, you know, it's time to stop being so curious. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, the whole imaginative um, side of who we are uh, is, is, it's a wonderful area to explore, you know, and I think it's an important area to explore. Um, and um, um, it's it's just, yeah, it's it's delightful. <laughs> Let me say it's just delightful as well. <laughs> um, one of the things that I really appreciate that you did in the book, um, right, right up front in the introduction, you talk about building a toolkit. I, I wanted to make sure I got this in there and and you said I thought hmm wonder what's going to be in her toolkit <laughs> you said you said start by gathering you know a notebook or journal um and I you know I've got that I'm like sure okay and then some crayons some colored pencils or paints uh, a coloring book a favorite children's book as we've talked about that your camera or your phone camera if you enjoy taking photos um and I love this, your favorite musical instrument, um, your Bible, but, but these, but the toolkit, you know, has some avenues for creative expression. Exactly. And I so appreciated that. Uh -huh. Well, I think, yeah, I, and um, partly because, uh, you know, it hadn't occurred to me really, but we're really encouraged to gather these kinds of things, to see them uh as part of who we are i mean you know um the people up front there doing the music are allowed to play their musical instruments but, but we're not encouraged to do that usually yes. you and know so many express their hearts yes. or through yes. art you yes. know and it doesn't have to be um it doesn't have to be complicated art you know one of my friends what she does is she doodles Yep. Well, and you can yes. you can uh, delight in that kind of creativity in a wonderful way and learn a lot through it as well. And I wanted to add when you said you know uh, some other other people besides those up front who play musical instruments or who draw or paint whatever. And what I want to say is or who used to but have lost touch with it. Exactly. And yes. that's what I think is so powerful about the book. You're encouraging us to come back to this, to re-engage with this, to become like the little child that exactly. you opened our time with in, in scripture that you read about, that we know oh. that we've all read, right? <laughs> and that we're meant to be. Yes. Well, meant more to powerfully be. that we're meant to be. Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. So good. Well, well, and it helped me to rethink some of the um, the gospel stories in playful ways as well. Yes, I love you know, that. One of my favorite. Now, of course, I've worked in Africa, so that was this was kind <laughs> of easy for me to visualize. But I loved um, one of my favorite stories is the story of the little kids, uh, little boy coming up to Jesus with a loaf and the fish. 
Yes. I think, you know, you see artwork of this and it's always Jesus, all these adults and one little kid. Well, I can tell you from my work in Africa, there would never be a single kid. Right. He would have come with his friends. He would have come and they would have been all so excited. You know, and here are the disciples in the background. They're worrying about where are we going to send them for lunch? Uh, how are we going to pay for this? And these little kids, they're the only ones that really believed that Jesus could perform a miracle. Hmm. Uh, and when we Love think it. about it in that way, it's more awe-inspiring. Yes. Uh, and I think it's more realistic of the way it would have been too, because kids are the ones that believe that Jesus is, is capable of a miracle, you know, until they, <laughs> some of them get all that science, you know, and I'm a strong advocate for science, don't get me wrong, but they try to apply that to the biblical stories. It's got to be, you know, how did this happen? And we don't need to know how it happened. We just need to believe. And I think it is a step of faith, though I have seen miracles like this happen. But we need to believe that Jesus still does perform yeah. miracles, just as a kid would believe, you know. Um, it may not always happen like that, but Jesus is not only able, but st Jesus still does it in our world today. Well, I think it's no small miracle when we re-engage in some, some ways that we used to as a child, and I think our spiritual eyes are opened in new ways. And, and that is its own miracle too, let oh, alone what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, and then the other aspect that I love, of course, is the whole thing of getting out into creation. And I've yes. got a couple of chapters actually that, that look at that. Because what? again, now, and one thing that people have rediscovered during um, the pandemic is the delight of spending time out in nature. Yes, uh, agree. And, and I just hope we don't lose that. Yeah, no, we discovered how important it is. Me too. And yep. I think not only important to us, but I think it's important to God. And I think God delights in the fact that we're rediscovering that as well and reconnecting. Um, and I, oh, yes. I was just going to ask, what's your highest hope for, for the gift of wonder? What, what do you hope? Um, I would say that it does stir people's creativity. It does help them unleash that inner child of creativity, of curiosity, of delighting in God uh, in a childlike way. That, that would be my hope. I love it. I could talk all afternoon with you, Christine. <laughs> well, I could too. As you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about I it. I love it. Well, and as you should be, this is great stuff. Uh, the Gift of Wonder, Creative Practices for Delighting in God. I'll have all the information in the show notes, as well as how you can uh, learn more about Christine and Godspace as well. Christine, thank you so much for your time and for your good work um, on oh, this you're book. Welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. And to everyone, as always, I say, keep the conversation going.